Welcome to the ministry of the International Christian Assembly in Southeast Spain. We are here for the purpose of worshipping God and reaching others with love. We pray that as you listen, you will be inspired and challenged in your walk with God. Good morning, everyone. Father, thank you for Christmas, that we are here today to worship, to glorify you, Father, to remember to take the time, Father, to celebrate your love for us. We ask that you will speak to us yet again through your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Point one, God makes a wish. Well, they're not really called wishes. They're called prophecies in the Old Testament. There's about 300 plus prophecies that were given regarding Messiah. When his first coming and all that had to do with it. Now remember Messiah was to be this anointed one. Now today as we would want to we could look at quite a number of prophets. We're only going to look at one of his wishes. It was one of the many. And we find this in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 in the Old Testament. All right, some uh, 500 years before Jesus was born, this is what it says in Micah. But as for you, Bethlehem, after that, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth to me to be ruler in Israel. So that was God's wish. Now, just, I know, humor me. And see this prophecy as a wish. A desire from God the Father to have his only son born in Judea in a village called Bethlehem in the house of David in this lineage of this great king. He had wished all of this. He prophesied that all of this would take place. So what did God do to make sure that wish happened? What did God do to make the wish come true? First of all, God moved in human affairs. And, I, and I, we just need to remember that from time to time when things happen. Just remember God moves in human affairs. In Luke chapter 2, again, the nativity, this is what you get in verses 1 to 3. It says, in those days, the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registry when Cornelius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Now, we read that often as kind of like just a sort of fill in, but it isn't. Number one. This is what shows us that there was a historical moment. There was a time and space. It names the rulers. We finally have found in the archaeology, we've actually found the guy's name, Quirinius, who was governor of Syria. You say, well, Syria's in another place. No, well, see, at that time, Syria included all of what today is Israel, down into Judea, down into the, um, the uh, uh, desert of, um, what's, what's the name of that desert? Sinai. The Sinai. Yeah, this is another name for the desert, but uh, into the Sinai. It's all called Syria, right? So we found that, 
the census by Caesar took place every, about every 14 years. And that census, we have records of those census. We know when the census was taken, that must have been about the time when it would have moved people. And so it would have been about uh, the, when, when Mary and Joseph would have gone down to Bethlehem. The Roman Empire would have these census to tax the people, nothing new with that, and to figure out their, their, their lot in historical, uh, in, in time of who would be good for military service and, and the ages as they would be coming up the ranks. It says, each to his own city. So God puts in place a, 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 um, uh, a governor. He puts in place a Caesar. He makes Mary and Joseph move from Nazareth 80 miles south to this little village called Bethlehem. Yes, it was the village of their forefathers, but uh, they were in Nazareth. So it took the census to get them down there. God moves in human affairs. Let me, let me try and get you to um, Micah this way, all right? Let me try and get you to Micah this way. Um, how hard would it be to pick out the city of someone that's going to be born some 700 years later? How hard would that be? Well, let me give you a little taste. Um, king Philip IV, king of Spain today, he was born in Madrid. He was born in Madrid on the 30th of January, 1968. Now, the question then is, who or where is the king of Spain going to be born in 2009? Where is the king of Spain going to be born in 2709? That's 700 years from now. Well, that's what Micah had to play with. And he hit it on the nose. See, God had a wish. He wanted his son to be born in Bethlehem. <clears throat> it's what we call sovereignty. God can move in the affairs of things that you don't even understand to get you to move, to get you to do, to give to you, to provide for you what is needed. <clears throat> now, let's go to Mary and Joseph. So they journey 800 kilometers, right? Um, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. She's pregnant, ready to give birth. There's other travelers on the road because they're not the only ones that have to go to Bethlehem or to nearby cities in the south from the north because of family movement. And they have to go to their place of origin for this uh, census to be taken place. So what do you think was going through the mind of uh, Mary and Joseph as they're heading south? What do you do when you go on holiday? See, today we have uh, a lot of things. We have phones, we have emails, we have uh, means to communicate, right? And you make reservations. Well, what happens when you can't make reservations? You just go, right? Now, probably most of you, now that I have gotten to know Brits a little more, you don't do that. I know you don't do that. You guys make runs to make sure you know how to get somewhere. So you go, you examine, yeah, I know how to get there, and then you go back. 
Americans, we don't do that. It's me, my family, I, we didn't do that. So when, when my kids were young and we would do our holiday, we would just get in the car and go. And my wife would say things like, did you make reservations? And I would say, well, four. I don't even know where we're going to sleep. Let's just go and we'll figure out where we stop. And so when you do that, you will run into the odd and off moment of, there's no room in the inn. But that's okay, it's America. Which means if there are no hotels in that, in that particular exit, just go one more exit, there's another 10 you can choose from. So you say you don't need a reservation. But my wife still would pray that God would provide a room for the family. Do you think that Joseph and Mary would have prayed for a place to stay when they got to Bethlehem? Let me remind you a little bit about them. It says here that um, regarding Joseph and Mary, it says this. The angel calls Mary. He says to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Well, you figure God would hear them, right? I mean, I mean, she's the intercessor, right? It's what they tell us, right? I mean, if someone's going to get God's attention and get a room, it's going to be who? Mary, right? Doesn't that make sense to you? Right. You know the story, don't you? Then you got Joseph. Because I'm sure Joseph was praying. It's a thing, you know, it's a thing we fathers do. We got to provide for our family, you know. So we don't have to show it. We don't have to show we're nervous. We just got to make sure that they're all comfortable, well fed, you know, roof over their shoulders. Do you think Joseph, who the Bible in Matthew 1 says, being a just man, do you think he would have prayed? I'm sure they both had this wish for Christmas. We just need a place for Mary, because she's probably going to have the baby when we get there, within the first few days or weeks, they don't know. But they want a room, they want a place to stay. Could God not have made room in the inn? Could he not have made room in that inn? So why didn't he? Let me ask you this question. You remember Lazarus? He died, right? And then Jesus went and he rose him from the dead. Could not have he kept Lazarus from dying? But that wasn't the plan, was it? No, no, that wasn't the plan. No. At the cross, it was said of Jesus, he saved others. Can he not save himself? Could he have saved himself? He could have, couldn't he? But that wasn't the plan, was it? No, that wasn't the plan. Remember when the devil came and tempted him and said to him, uh, turn these stones into bread. Are you hungry? You know, turn these stones. Could he have turned the stones into bread? He turned water into wine. Could he have turned stones into bread? He could have, couldn't he? But that wasn't the plan, was it? No, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the plan. When he was arrested, the scripture says he could have called 12 legions of angels. Could he? But that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the plan. So, 
Why was there no room at the inn? That wasn't the plan. Did Mary pray for a room? You know she did, guys. Come on, ladies. You know she did. Joseph, yeah, I'm sure he did. Now, see, I, I'm not sure with Joseph. Because men, you know. But you know Mary did. And God always hears Mary. No room at the inn. Why? It wasn't the plan. It wasn't the plan. So here's my question to you as we close. What's your wish? What is your wish? Have you had this unanswered prayer in your life that has caused you to doubt? To doubt God, to doubt you, to doubt circumstance, to doubt life. You know, it wasn't impossible to God because he can do anything. He could have had room in that inn. He made it so that Bethlehem would be the place where the Messiah was born. He wanted that to happen. It happened. Mary and Joseph more than likely wanted a place to stay nice, comfortable, maybe not five, maybe just a four-star, at least a jacuzzi, you know, you know how that goes. You know, uh, breakfast and supper, you don't need lunch. You have that over in Jerusalem when you go out on a, a, a sightseeing. Why was there no room? It says in Luke, the angel says to Mary, when she says, but I've never known man. He says to her, nothing will be impossible with God. That phrase is in the Christmas story. Do you think she was thinking about that when the guy at the inn was saying, sorry, ma'am, no room. And she must have been saying, but I prayed. Where's God? Is he not listening to me? Where, what happened? Am I not good enough? Did I do something bad? Is God dead? Did he quit? Are we in the right place? Did we hear him right? He said he can do anything Good grief, what's so hard about a reservation? Right? So, it's not that God's hand is too short. His ear, it's not that it's not attentive. It's not that his strength is weak. And God is not indifferent to us. And he does love us. What's God's purpose for you? You know, I have prayers. Of course, I have prayers that God hasn't answered. Prayers that to me make sense that he should answer. Because that's what I want. For crying out loud, what's so hard about giving me what I want? God's purpose for you. Let me just remind you in closing. It is in our comfort, not our prosperity. It is not our pleasure that God has first. I know you think it should be. But his plan is greater. Number two. He seeks 
your holiness. He seeks your Christ-likeness. That's what Romans tell us. Holiness, sanctification for our personal glorification, for when we are in his presence. And number three, let me remind you of this. God loves us too much. Listen to what I'm going to say. God loves us too much to grant requests that will not lead us to fulfill his purpose. You know, I tell you, I have prayers that I have asked God for. And and some of them I think are pretty God kind of centered prayers for people to get saved, people to get right with God, my people, my own kindred, my, my own father, and it's not happening. And I just have to remember from time to time. Sometimes the plan is that there be no room in the inn. Sometimes that's the plan. Do I like the plan? No. Does that change who God is? No. Does he love you less? No. So maybe isn't the goal to get on God's plan? Try to figure out what's God doing. Not always does he not answer your plans because there's something wrong. Sometimes that's just not the plan. No room in the inn was the plan of God. It had to be that way. Didn't matter how much Mary and Joseph prayed. Didn't matter. The plan was in a stable, not inside of an inn. He had a reason. It wasn't an oversight. It wasn't his inaction. It wasn't that he couldn't. It was his plan. So let me conclude in this. Align your will, your plan, your purposes with God's. Line them up. When you have no answers to why things aren't happening, just let God be God. Just, just, just let God be God. And say, I don't know the purpose, but you're God. And there was a reason why there was no room in that inn. I know it now, and I'll know tomorrow why my prayer isn't being answered the way I want it. Scripture says in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord. And I always like to explain that verse because the second part is the only part everybody remembers. And he will give you the desires of your heart. But first, you got to line up yourself with God. See, when you line yourself up with God, when you delight yourself in God, guess what? Your plans become his plans. When you line up with his thoughts, then you start asking God to fulfill his purpose in your life. And then he will do the desires of your heart because your desires will be God's desires. So next time you have unanswered prayer requests, next time you have a Christmas wish that doesn't get answered, next time there's no room in the inn, remember, God is not asleep at the helm. He is at work, 
listen, unanswering. He is at work unanswering prayers for his glory. Not giving us what we want, but what we need to be more Christ-like. What's your Christmas wish? And if it doesn't get fulfilled, is God still God? And do you still love him? Let's stand as we close in prayer. Father in heaven, we speak of your greatness, of your abilities, your non-limitations. We say that you can do all things. Often, Father, we get mad when you don't do what we want. What is hard for us to understand is that when that happens, it's because you love us so much that you don't want us to have what we're asking for because you have bigger plans for us. So, Father, as you unanswer some of our prayers, may we be reminded that even that you do for your glory. And may we remember that to you, well, or maybe it should be said of us, our plans just aren't your plans, Lord. But we're going to trust you, we're going to love you, and we're going to follow you no matter what, because you are sovereign, and you are the Lord of our lives. And we thank you for this Christmas day, Lord. Thank you for having moved heaven and to prepare the place of your son's birth. And thank you for not answering Mary and Joseph's wish. Thank you that there was no room in that inn. It just reminds us, Father, that you indeed are the sovereign God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the ministry of the International Christian Assembly, a ministry of AMG Spain and AMG International. For more information, please visit our website at www.icatorrevieja.org. This audio file is not copyrighted.